0: How about that, right? That just feels right. A little Mel Allen on the back of a uh, this weekend baseball tune. Absolutely great night for the Dodgers last night. An eight to three win. What more do you want? You had a couple of home runs. You had flawless defense. They ran the bases. They stole three bases. They put pressure on the Rays all night long. They got into the Rays' bullpen. They made the starter throw 112 pitches. Clayton Kershaw pitched six beautiful innings. What more could you possibly want? It was just a great way to open up the World Series. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance, and all guests on the show appear via the Shell Penzoil Performance Line, and that will include Alden Gonzalez, who will join us in about a half an hour from right now. So we'll talk about everything we saw last night and everything that we might see tonight, which brings us to this point. Tony Gonsolin is your number, uh, your game two starter. It, 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 isn't it weird how it works out? that the Dodger rotation coming into this year, you're thinking David Price and Clayton Kershaw and Walker Bueller, of course. Maybe Alex Wood is in there. Maybe uh, Arias is in there. That all these guys. And in game two of the World Series, Tony Gonsolin is going to take the ball. And if he falters at all, Dustin May is probably going to be the guy that goes in there to try and, and right the ship. And by the way, I love it. Right? I mean, think about it. Think about how silly this is. Those two guys, right? Tony Gonsolin, who has pitched less than 100 major league innings, so has Dustin May by that matter, throws 95 miles an hour, can sink it, is chill, is cool. He's the, the quote unquote, the weak link. He's the opener, the bullpen guy. And waiting for him is a guy that throws 100 and the ball backs up about 7 inches. Okay. These are your bad guys? These are the guys that we need to get or else we're dead? Okay. Great. I mean, I kind of whenever you talk about trades or whenever we've all had the moment, right, where you're watching a game, you're like, oh, man, you're feeling really sick to your stomach that something bad's going to happen. Something bad's going to happen. I always try to think, what's the other guy feeling? Imagine what Tampa is feeling right now. They get to the World Series on a payroll of I think it's a, a roll of dimes and some Cracker Jacks and they're in the World Series. They're thinking, hey, you know what? And then all of a sudden, Clayton Kershaw looks like he found a time machine, goes back there and just carves them up. And then here comes Walker Bueller waiting for you on the back end. Here comes uh, Urias, who's absolutely been brilliant in the postseason. Your one chance is against two guys that throw 100 miles an hour and are fearless. Good luck. I think if you can get into the third inning with Gonsolin, you're in really good shape. If you get into the fourth inning with Gonsolin, you are in great shape because you know what's waiting after that. May. Gratterall, Trinan, Jansen, in whatever order you want to run those guys out there. It, it, it is an embarrassment of riches at this point. And I, I really feel like the way that Gonsolin
1: pitches too, he has four different pitches and he keeps you off balance. It fits perfectly to Perfectly for this raised lineup Because I mean it's really going to depend on what Kevin Cash does with his his uh, his Lineup because it was terrible yesterday What they had was just not it, He had no balance whatsoever to it In any place nobody was able you didn't have any Protection at any point so Gonsolin Being able to come out there and throw 96 mile per Hour fa- fastball <laughs> and then bring it back With like an 89 mile per hour change up mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you're thinking like oh, I'm You hold them off balance like Kurt Kershaw Just did
0: getting through these guys That are swing and miss guys it, 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 that's it right there, Greg. It, it, I want to get to your phone calls here. 877-710-ESPN. Give me 30 seconds to finish this thought, and we're going straight to the phones. The Dodgers do what the Rays don't do offensively. They don't swing at bad pitches. The Dodgers ground up Glasnow last night. He was over 100 pitches in the fifth inning. He didn't even get out of the fifth inning, and he threw 112 pitches. There was an at-bat in the first inning that I thought changed everything. Hunter Renfro comes up. The Rays have two guys on, Kershaw had given up a hit, and he'd walked a guy, the only walk that he would give up all night. And there's two guys on with only one out, and here comes their cleanup guy, Renfro, and it's a 2-1 count, right? A hitter's count. Clayton Kershaw throws a pitch out of the strike zone, and Renfro, Renfro swings and misses, okay? It was ball three. So instead of it being 3-1 with two runners on and one out, and Clayton Kershaw has to come in the zone at this point. He cannot walk the bases loaded at that point. He has to throw a strike. Instead, Renfro swings at a bad pitch. It's two and two. The next pitch doesn't have to be a strike. Kershaw backfoots sliders him. Swing and miss, strike three. Clayton Kershaw threw Renfro five pitches. Four of them were balls, and he struck them out. The Dodgers don't do that. Next guy gets out, inning's over. They never had another chance. Their one chance was in that first inning, and because he swung at one bad pitch, it changed the entire at-bat. It changed the entire inning. It changed the entire game. Dodgers don't do that. They don't swing at that pitch. Even if it's a borderline pitch, I'll wait. Throw me another one. Throw me another one. Cody Bellinger struck out last night on an at-bat. It was a 10-pitch at-bat. You know how much better spot you are moving forward if you've seen 10 pitches from the same guy? They're just extraordinary like that. Let's go to Huntington Beach this time. And Jay, Jay, you are up next. What's going on?
2: Hi, Travis. It's a pleasure talking to you. I enjoy listening to you. I followed you when you started with Colin. Let me tell you, you know your sports. You should have your own show. Believe me, you are great. But I want to say this. I like you, I've, been, foul, I've been following the Dodgers since the 50s, and people don't realize what a great team is. This is probably the greatest lineup I've ever seen since the 1950s. Everybody in that lineup could destroy you. They have no weight links. I've never seen it like that. And they got guys on the bench that every team would love to have. Rios, oh, man, everybody wants him. we got a guy beat. He hasn't even got a, a bat. This team is loaded, I'm just telling you. I predict they will win in four. I think Goslin pitch. These kids, Travis Dustin May, he was nervous last time. He gets he get his head together, these guys will destroy him today. It will be Dodgers will win today, Bureau will win, and the will win. It'll be four straight. Nobody could beat the Sarge team.
0: Thanks, Jay. I, I appreciate it. Um look. I don't go back to the fifties. I grew up with the Dodgers here in town, and the Dodgers of my childhood were the 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 Garvey, Russell, Say, Lopes Dodgers. Those were my guys. You know, coming up, that was a really good team too. That team had a bunch of guys that were absolutely awesome. All of the infielders were all stars. You had Dusty Baker in the outfield. You have Reggie Smith in the outfield. That was a team that was absolutely loaded as well. They had pitching, whether it's Jerry Royce, Fernando Valenzuela, Bobby Welsh, all of those. I mean, they they've had eras of really good teams, but. I think you might be onto something offensively. This might be the best team they've ever had because Mookie Betts is on the short list of best players in baseball. If you get outside of the top 10 of best players in baseball and Cody Bellinger isn't in there, you made a mistake. If you get past the top 15, maybe the top 12, and and Corey Seeger's not on that list, you've probably made a mistake. That's not including the young pitching. The pitchers are put in a different category because Walker Buehler, if you could if there was a stock, he's at the top. Dustin May might be in there too. Tony Gonsolin is one of those guys that maybe not only did you get him later in the draft, but he's a big deal. Remember, what was it, two, three, four years ago? Urias was the, oh, he's the next big thing. He's a guy you almost forget about, and he's been their best pitcher in the World Series so far. They're just loaded, and offensively in particular, there's just not too many teams like that. If you can pitch around a Rosarena with the Rays, and they did last night, they didn't really give him much at all. Okay, one guy runs into one. Kiermaier gets one. Okay, fine. Zanino hits a rocket but this, this is baseball if you hit it at the guy it doesn't matter you have to get a bunch of hits to score a bunch of runs unless you're going to hit home runs and the Rays really don't have that option the way that the Dodgers do another one North Hollywood and Patricia Patricia you are on next what's up
3: well the Dodgers are looking great <laughs> the thing that I noticed more than anything else from the other times they've gone to, you know tried to go to the World Series or have gone to the World Series they haven't made mistakes Nothing on the on the bases. Nothing about uh, not coming in when they should have stayed. Uh, they just almost been. Uh, they haven't made mistakes, and obviously, Beth has a lot to do with that. But even outside of that, the rest of the team looks great. Uh, Ebel is great as far as running the bases. They're just a better team, and we can't get over enthusiastic at this point. Uh, I honestly was worried when they traded uh, uh, Kenta because I thought he was great in the postseason. But so far, it looks like it's okay that he's not here anymore, and uh, they're looking good.
0: Yeah, they they look great. Thanks, Patricia. Appreciate the call. Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a reason why I think you can get a little overconfident. I'm gonna give you a reason why I think the Dodgers won the World Series about four days ago. I'll get into that. That's coming up next on 710. ESPN. Hey, like you, I have a family, I have a mortgage, and I protect the ones I love with life insurance. Life insurance, it's peace of mind. It can help you pay off a mortgage, it can send the kids to college. And if you think you can't afford it, chances are Select Quote can help you get it for less than a dollar a day. Select Quote comparison shops up to 10 highly rated companies, including Prudential, Banner Life, Mutual of Omaha, and others, to find you the company with the best rates. For example, Select quote could find a 35-year-old man a $500,000 policy for just under $19 bucks a month. That's less than a dollar a day. Select quote's breakthrough technology allows them to quickly match you with the best insurance company to find your best policy. Plus, the quotes are free. So start protecting your family today. Call SelectQuote at 1-800-881-6868. That's 1-800-881-6868 or go to SelectQuote.com. 1-800-881-6868. Get the full details on the example policy at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors, and it's not available in all states.
1: Mookie is their best player. I mean, we just talked about he's one of the best, if not the best, in all of baseball. But I would actually say Cody Bellinger is more important. And the reason is, and, and meaning like Mookie will do Mookie, like even if he's not hitting. We've seen what he can do with the glove, like all the different things. But Cody, you got to remember, they moved him down to that six spot. And for all the guys that they have, the names, the Corey Seegers, like all the stuff that they can do, that six hole has proven to be such a key cog for them to be able Able to get the runs that end up mattering. So Mookie Betts, yes, for all that he's important. I think Cody Bellinger, though, is the key if they want to win this series. You
0: know what that reminds me of? It's obvious, right? It's Anthony Davis. I mean, Anthony Davis, you can make the argument. Anthony Davis is not the best player on the Lakers. That's LeBron James. But Anthony Davis, I think, excuse me, you can make the argument that he's the most important. That LeBron you know, can be maximum LeBron because Anthony Davis is that good. That LeBron, if he has to do everything every single night, he can, but it's far more difficult. Whereas if I got to go deal with AD, it just frees LeBron up. That's, that's Cody Bellinger in this analogy. Cody Bellinger is Anthony Davis. We were, we were talking, this was, goes back way to the morning show with with LZ and, and Key and myself. We were talking about th- this city, the number two guys that you have in here. It's ridiculous. I mean, you're, you're talking about Cody Bellinger is the second best player on his team. You're talking about Paul George is the second best player on his team. You're talking about Anthony Davis being the second best player on his team. You could go down to a guy like, you know, whether it's Jared Goff or, or any of the other Rams really good players are the second best player on the team because Aaron Donald's the best player. It's just it, it, it's crazy how many high level second best players you have and you have to do it especially in baseball. Look, b- baseball's awesome for this reason and frustrating for this reason. I can have the best player and I can still lose about 40% of the time. It's really really frustrating that because if that other guy pitches really well and locks up my guy or my guy doesn't get any help, nobody else gets on base, I lose. Basketball's not like that. If I have LeBron, I'm going to I'm going to beat you. Sorry, I win. LeBron could go play the Minnesota Timberwolves a hundred times. He's going to win 96 of them. It's just because they have LeBron. The Dodgers could go, who's the worst team in baseball this year? The, um, usually it's the Marlins in that. The Baltimore Orioles, let's just throw them in there. The Dodgers played the Orioles a hundred times. They'd win 65 of them. They'd lose 35 of them. That's just the way that it goes. And that's why this series right now feels different. Because it doesn't feel baseball-y, and what I said a minute ago I think is true. The Dodgers won this World Series once they won Game 6 of the National League World Series. They were freed up at that point. They came out in Game 5, hit those home runs, tough 3-2 to game, right? That was a tough game, really close all night long. Once they won Game 6, once Will Smith hit that home run, and they opened up that game and they won, they weren't going to lose Game 7. They were on their way, man. They were on their way. Even when they were down 2 to nothing in that Game 7, Will Smith comes up. You expected him to get a hit. You expected Kike Hernandez to do something. You weren't shocked when Cody Bellinger ran into that ball and hit that home run. They're off to the races. It doesn't happen in baseball like that very often. Just, oh, this is the team. This was the Red Sox. Was it no 3 when they were down uh, 3-0 to the Yankees? Which, by the way, 0-4, where Dave Roberts was on that team and they came back. Dave Roberts stole the base. The, D- Dave Roberts did... What Cody Bellinger did, right? It was that, "Uh uh-oh, everything just changed. And when he hit that home run, it just freed up the Dodgers. The Red Sox go on and pound the Cardinals in that World Series. Easy. This one, I don't know if it's going to be easy, but it certainly feels like the Dodgers have a huge advantage. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your car and home insurance together so you can save on both learn more at progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE another phone call here 877-710-ESPN hunting to beach again and Paul Paul you're up next what's going on
4: oh it's good to talk to you dude listen you kind of were going right where I was going man I, a tweet last night from Heyman said the Dodgers have three of the top 10 players in baseball and they have three other guys batting three four and five in their lineup that's <laughs> insane I mean, it's just ridiculous how talented they are. And all year long, dude, you know, I'm one of these nerds that just kind of dives in every day for the most part. They just flat-out talented everybody that they faced in the the regular season. They lost 17 of 60 games just by rolling out on the field, kind of what you were talking about against uh, what they would do against Baltimore. But when they fell down three games to one to Atlanta, something clicked in this team, dude, and they're playing at a different level. I've been waiting for this group to click. Season long, and what we've seen the last three times this group has taken the field is a different looking team. And, and that, dude, that bodes well for the week ahead. I mean, we can't get too ahead of ourselves, and we've seen this sort of thing before, but I don't think the Rays have any trash cans in the dugout, dude.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Paul. Appreciate it. Yeah, um, I hope not. I'll be listening. There's only 10,000 people in the stand, so hopefully we'll be able to hear it if they start banging the can. Uh, I'm going to use a word that has never been applied to me in my entire life that the Dodgers have right now that they really did not have before. They've always had talent. They've always had a whole bunch of good players, but what they have now is swag. They do. They're just it's it's just that feeling of you guys might get us once, maybe twice, but even if you get us twice, shoot, even if you get us down 3-1, we're good. And, and and it changed. It changed in the NLCS because there's no question in my mind that going into what would that be game 5, down 3-1, right? That when that game started they were thinking, oh, 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 God, what are they going to say now? What, what, what's going to be written about us now? Why didn't we win again? We had the best team. Like you said, we won 43 of 60 games. And then pop, Seeger gets one. And then pop, Turner gets one. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, right. We're the best team. We're the best team. We've got these guys. We've got Mookie. We've got Bellinger. We've got Kershaw. We've got Bueller. We've got all these guys that you can just start stacking up one after the next. We're going to win this game. We're going to win the next game. We're better than those guys. And once you stand it, you can lie to yourself a little bit and try to talk yourself into it. But once you really start to buy into it and that's what it feels like has happened, look out. Look out. I don't expect this to be a sweep. I'm looking at some of these tweets and a lot of you saying this is going to go in four games. I don't expect that to happen, but I also don't expect the Dodgers to get in any super real trouble right now. This is from Alex, and he says, how happy is small ball guy today? That's from our Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. You can hit us up on that as well, at Travis Rogers. Um... It wasn't really small ball in the traditional sense. I mean, it's not like they started bunting guys over and, and, and doing things like that. What it was is just the versatility of the Dodgers. This wasn't a conscious effort to let's get Mookie on first base, let's bunt him over or, or have him steal and then bun him over with one run. It's just that their guy with wheels got on. Took advantage of it, stole second, stole third, outran the throw on a fielder's choice from Muncie to score that run. It wasn't traditional small ball, but it was a lot of fun to watch. That's for sure. The Don writes: baseball is a game of numbers. The numbers say get into the World Series three out of four years it means you should at least get one ring. I don't know about that. The Dodgers may, maybe not have the best record in baseball over the last ten years, you know, every single season, but the Dodgers have been one of the best teams in baseball for at least the last eight years, right? They've won the division every year. A couple of times in there, I know that they've had the best record. They have the best team, and they've had the best organization over the last 10 years. That's not baseball. It doesn't mean you win anything. It just doesn't. The Nats last year were good. They weren't great, but they were great for about three weeks. You know, those two dudes, Scherzer and Strasburg, were legendary for about three weeks. That's why baseball, like I've said a million times, it's not the NBA. If if I have the best players in the NBA, I'm going to win or get damn close. In baseball, it means you get into the tournament, and that's about it. After that, it doesn't really matter a whole bunch. Alden Gonzalez is covering the World Series for ESPN. He is going to join us next. We're talking all things Dodgers right here on 710 ESPN. I like that. I'll take Mr. Baseball. Why not? Why not? If Tom Selleck can be Mr. Baseball, I can at least steal that for him for a couple of days along the way. Good night for the Dodgers last night. Nice 8-3 win in game number one. Blake Snell for the Rays tonight. Tony Gonsolin for the Dodgers. And covering that, of course, is Alden Gonzalez for ESPN. Alden joins us on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Alden, good morning. How are you feeling? I'm good, Travis. How are you? I am fantastic. So let's start with what at least I thought was the story of the night, Clayton Kershaw pitching as well as he did. How important for him to have that out and considering the narrative that's been out there about his postseason performances for as long as there's been?
2: Well, it's very important, Travis. Um, he had good stuff last night. He's had good stuff basically for the entire postseason, but... Um we have been here before, though, um, and I don't want to sort of sour things because everything's really positive right now with the Dodgers, but he pitched really great. If you remember the 2017 World Series, he pitched really good in game one of that series. Um, and then he didn't pitch great later in that series. And obviously, that was a completely different situation. Mm-hmm. But I think the difference with this Dodger team, and it's something that I wrote about last night, is that the Dodgers need Clayton Kershaw to be a good starting pitcher for them, but not... Much more than that. They don't need him to be this superhuman guy in October, which is what they've sort of asked him to do in years past, which in part has been unfair and part has been because Clayton Kershaw is who he is. But it's also played a factor in his postseason numbers not looking very good. Um, And I think it was evident in just how these last three games have played out, really. Um, Clayton Kershaw was standing in that bullpen in game six and seven of the NLCS ready to come in. And I kept looking over at that bullpen. I pretty much spent the entire game watching him in that bullpen, seeing what he did, um, because I was just so fascinated by that, because it seems to play out every October this way. But they didn't need him. They got through the Braves, two really tight games. They got through the Braves without needing to deploy Kershaw, which allowed him to pitch in game one. And then you look at how game one played out. He pitched really well through the first five innings, but it was still a one-run game. The Rays lineup was coming up a third time around in the sixth. And you started to think to yourself, or at least I started to think to myself, Dave Roberts is going to have a really interesting decision to make again. Sure. Clayton Kershaw, and how long to extend them. Then all of a sudden the offense explodes for four runs and they run away from it and it doesn't matter anymore. And that's not to take anything away from Clayton Kershaw. He pitched great. Um, he really did. And more often than not, he's pitched really, really well in the postseason this year. Um, but that just goes to show you the type of team that they have. Um, and m- more specifically, they have Mookie <laughs> yeah, who, you know, elevates them to a completely different level. And we're seeing it show up basically on a nightly basis.
0: I want to get to Mookie in just one second. We're speaking with Alden Gonzalez, who's covering the World Series for ESPN. Um, with, with regards to Kershaw, and especially with everything that you just said about how it always seems to go that way with him, especially in the later innings, did you like the decision that Dave Roberts made to not send him back out there for the seventh inning, despite the fact that the Dodgers had tacked on more runs and had a big lead at that point?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Why? What What? It's not necessary, you get him out after seventy seven pitches, I think it was It was something around there, mm-hmm. uh, and you keep him fresh to start um I think he would start game five on normal rest, but yeah, there's no reason to overextend them. uh Let your bullpen take care of the rest. You have the days off um so you don't have to worry about which relievers you're using because it's seven games in seven days potentially um There's no need for Clayton Kershaw to keep pitching in that game the the score The score's not decided, but it's a good enough cushion where. A guy like that, with that kind of mileage, coming off back spasms last week, absolutely, you give him a break.
0: That's a great point. I hadn't even mentioned the back spasms today. I was saying, you know, he got scratched from that start earlier. And it was, what, like you said, a week or so ago. Does it feel, Alden, that Dave is, is managing a little differently? And nothing crazy, obviously, but it does feel like historically that would have been a spot where he does put him back out there because of all the reasons that we just went through. But yesterday, it was a different decision. Is that, is that Dave doing things a little bit differently?
2: I don't think yesterday was as much Dave doing things differently. I think most managers would make that decision with the with the differential as high as it was at that point in the game. Um, but I think uh, what was most striking to me was the way that Game 7 played out, especially in those last few innings where you have Clayton Kershaw in that bullpen. You have Kenley Jansen in that bullpen. And Kenley Jansen had his sweater off. He was... Um, getting ready to come into the game for the ninth inning, but Julio Urias was so efficient. He was so effective with that fastball. And Dave Roberts told him, look, just go back out. go Get the ninth inning. And Urias talked yesterday about how he, he himself was surprised that he was getting the ninth inning.
4: Mm-hmm. And
2: I don't think it speaks to um, distrust in Kenley Jansen or Clayton Kershaw. I just think it speaks to Dave Roberts embracing reality, which is that Kelly Jansen and Clayton Kershaw are still very effective pitchers, but they're not at the height of their powers anymore. So if you have other guys, especially this team with a bunch of really good young arms, or again, the job done, you don't have to be over reliant on these guys. And it was the point that I was making earlier with Clayton Kershaw, letting Julio Rios ride out those last three innings because he looked so well, he looked so good. Yep. I don't know that Dave Roberts makes that decision in the past.
0: Alden Gonzalez is joining us here on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line and ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, with that in mind, you just mentioned Kenley Jansen's name. Let, let's, let's do a little uh, crystal ball time. If we have a one-run game tonight and the Dodgers have a one-run lead or a tie game going into the ninth inning, is Kenley Jansen getting the ball?
2: yeah I think he is. Um, I think it's partly because he's had some time off. I think it's partly because of how their pitching staff shapes out right now. i mean if you look at i know I know the Rays also played seven games in seven days and they had to travel um, where the Dodgers didn't, mm-hmm. but the Dodgers playing game seven of the NLCS um, on Sunday night um, really hurts them because they had nobody really who was an ideal candidate to start game two. I, I know you brought up at the top Tony Gonsolin going to start this game. I don't know how long Tony Gosling is going to be able to go. He might go in any year two. After that, he's got to use Urias. After that, he's got to use Dustin May. And he's got to be thinking in the back of his mind, too, who's going to make the game four start because one of those guys has to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'd be really hard even with the off day, to do – you know, two bullpen games in the span of three days basically. So yeah, I mean Kelly Jansen's going to factor into this game if it's close, so are all the other high leverage guys. Dave was mostly able to stay away from them, even though Dylan Floro gave up a few runs and he had to go to Victor Gonzalez later in that game. But yeah, I think look, Kelly Jansen might not be the closer in the same way that he was the closer these last few years. But he is part of the ninth-inning mix. And I don't think that's just sort of coach speak. I, I, I think it's true. I think he's one of the people who could close out games for them. He's just not the only one.
0: Alden Gonzalez is covering the World Series for ESPN. And Alden, we, we've talked a lot about this this morning, that the idea of that Dodger lineup, where really one through nine, every guy that comes up is, oh, man, i got to deal with this guy. This guy can take me out. This guy can get on base. This guy's going to see a lot of pitches. Just There's so many different ways that the Dodgers grind up the opposition. What about the Rays? Because I'll be honest, I've not watched a ton of Rays baseball this year, but watching that lineup, seeing the numbers, and seeing the way that they kind of attack pitchers a little bit loosely, I thought there was a huge swing and miss by Hunter Renfro in the first inning. What is this Rays lineup? Is it just a home? they're trying to hit home runs and go about it like that? Because I just didn't see a plan that they had last night, and that lineup and the people in it don't really feel me with a lot of of fright.
2: Yeah, it's not the Dodgers lineup. And to be fair, um, there aren't many teams who have a lineup like the Dodgers. Um, Look, this race team, Travis, they, they they swung and missed more than any team in baseball within the strike zone this season. Mm. So there's definitely a lot of swing and miss in that lineup. I think you saw it show up with the way Clayton Kershaw was attacking those guys. And unlike the Dodgers who over, over these last two or three years, they've sort of built a lineup where they don't have to platoon anymore, where, I know they still switch things around every once in a while based on righty or lefty, but most of those guys are everyday players who face righties and lefties. The Rays switch up their lineup constantly um, based on the matchups. They're always trying to look for the matchup. and You look at this postseason, um, and specifically the, the American League Championship Series against the Astros, if it wasn't Randy or Rosarena, um, it was really nobody else in that lineup, at least this last series. I know Hunter Renfro has also been dangerous as well, and there are a lot of guys in there who are just sort of not playing to their potential. Brandon Lau is one who sticks out. But you saw in the way that Clayton Kershaw pitched to Orozarena in that first inning, he wanted nothing to do with him. And I know he came back to strike him out later, but I think the Dodgers are going to be really careful with him. I think they're going to throw him a lot of breaking balls, not as many fastballs. And they're going to see, at least in the early part of the series, they're going to try to let others beat them. Because that Rays lineup, outside of a Arena has not been producing lately.
0: No, it's just and you mentioned the Dodger lineup is is unlike just about every other lineup that we've seen. Not just in the versatility of it, but the depth. It just seems like every guy. And of course, it changed a lot with the addition of Mookie Betts. How much of just the way that the Dodgers have played is just having Mookie in the lineup? And until last night, his offensive production had been you know modest. It wasn't bad. It wasn't what you would expect from Mookie Betts. But the way that he can change the game defensively, the way that he can change the game with his legs, just what he's brought to the Dodgers as far as the feeling surrounding the team it's almost palpable
2: yeah it's amazing and you said it like he there was a lot of times um there's been a lot of times during this postseason where he hasn't really been swinging it great and the amazing thing to me about Mookie Betts is that he still finds ways to impact games and I think you've seen it a lot even at the professional level you see it with guys who are struggling offensively where that kind of stuff will spill over and it'll affect other parts of their game and I asked Mookie that same question last night and you know I know it's a very simple approach, but he just talked about how, look, when I'm playing defense, I'm playing defense. When I'm on the bases, I'm on the bases. I'm not thinking about anything else. And you see that show up. I mean, it seems like every night he's doing something, whether it's last night, uh, just sort of getting such a great break on that ground ball to the right side and barely beating that throw home to sort of get that rally going. Or if, if he's robbing a home run from Freddie Freeman, if he's making that shoestring catch, or if he's... Um, Drawing, drawing a walk to sort of, you know, lead into the next guy. Um, he's, its crazy to say. I, I've had, um, I've had two very distinct reactions about Mookie Betts just from people who have watched him this year, um, including people on the Dodgers. The first one is, we knew Mookie Betts was good, but we didn't realize how good he was mm-hmm. until we saw him on an everyday basis. Um, and and, I, and you could lump me into that category as well. Me too. And the other one was. The other one was, look, we signed, this guy signed for over $300 million, and he has actually exceeded expectations. <laughs> and if you think about that, like, how could somebody who signed for that much money actually exceed expectations? But it's, look, I mean, I've spoken to, I spoke to Dino Ebo, their third base coach, and he says that he's, he can't imagine a better base runner than, than Mookie Betts. Uh, I've, a lot of the pitchers have talked about how that's the best right fielder they've ever played him. That, that's ever played behind them. Mm. Um, and, you know, Yasiel Prig was there, and he was a dynamic right fielder. Um, his ability to control counts. And Dave Roberts was stunned early on in the in that summer camp portion with that somebody that size could have that kind of raw power the way that Mookie does. And, I, look, we, we just, I didn't see a lot of Red Sox games. I knew Mookie Betts was good. I I, did, I couldn't imagine that he was this good. And, I, and on top of all that, he just, he's proven to be like a really good leader, but a really good leader in sort of a natural way yep. um, where it doesn't seem forced. Um, he's just like a good dude who wants to do well and everybody just sort of follows along. And it's, it's hard to be a leader on a team like this, on an accomplished team like that, especially coming in in year one. But Mookie just has this uncanny, uncanny ability that he just got there and he's already set the tone, which is uh, is remarkable.
0: Yeah, he, he's been great. And and I, I'm going to ask you one more question here, Alden, because I think you're the right person to ask. I, you and I, we, we got to know each other a little bit when I was working for the Angels and you were covering the Angels and we used to come on and we'd have conversations about Mike Trout. And I'm not asking about historical comps because Mike Trout is probably in a different category than just about everybody else. But right now, as we sit here at the end of 2020, like you just said, seeing Mookie Betts every night for a season, having covered Mike Trout every night for multiple seasons, who's the best player in baseball right now? right now
2: oh see this is why this is why everybody says that Mike Trout needs to be in the playoffs because when you're not in the playoffs you're not in the discussion anymore uh and so Mookie Betts is and so he's just sort of playing in front of America right now um and everybody's getting the chance to see how great he is I Mike Trout is still like I've never seen a hitter like Mike Trout um I'll say that Mookie Betts is Mookie Betts is fun to watch in different ways because they just go about it so differently. Mm -hmm. Mike Trout is just so, like, such a forceful, like, not intimidating, but he's just such a forceful athlete, whereas Mookie just seems more graceful to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Mookie has the better arm. Um, I don't know who's faster. Um, But I don't know, man.
0: (laughs) We're spoiled. We get them both, right?
2: It's incredibly tough. Uh, But I just... But, but I just keep going back to the same point. This is why Mike Trout needs to make the playoffs. So yeah. that people Because I think people are watching Mookie Betts right now. A lot of people are having the same reaction to Mookie Betts now than I had in the summer, which was, I knew this guy was good. I didn't know he was that good. And Mike Trout deserves that stage, too absolutely having the same reaction about mike trout
0: yeah no you you said i i am firmly in that category as well having seen him you know occasionally on nationally televised games and and checking in on the red sox periodically i knew he was really good but i had no idea the dude was this it's just it's a totally different level alden gonzalez covering the world series for espn alden appreciate it as always thanks thanks sir okay you need the best coverage in not just football, but on your wireless network as well. Straight Talk Wireless gives you the same networks as big carriers for up to half the cost. 45 bucks a month for 25 gigs of high-speed data than 2G. Savings may vary. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. We're going to get you ready for game two. We're going to take another phone call or two as well, 877-710-ESPN. That's all coming up next on 710 ESPN.
4: Yeah, that's always important
0: in any series, especially the World Series. We did a great job of sticking to our plan. It was just—it was a great game overall, and you know we got to come in tomorrow and and, and do the same thing over again and uh, continue to have fun and, and grind A-Bs and play as a team. That was Cody Bellinger after the game last night, talking about how important it was for the Dodgers to strike first to put a couple of runs on the board, and of course they did that uh, via his home run. Don't forget game two tonight right here on ESPN 710 you can hear every single pitch and then after the game I'm gonna jump back on again like we did last night we're gonna do it after every single game during the World Series we're gonna do a post game show we'll talk about what we just saw we'll break it all down we'll get you ready for the next one as well so don't forget that is coming up right after the game tonight like Chris likes to say you don't have to touch the button so you can stick with us all day long all right let me read a tweet right here this is from our pal John of Fullerton Trav I didn't Watch the ALCS, but looking at this Rays lineup, did they win every game half a run to zero? Kind of feels like that, doesn't it? That does not feel like a team. Like, for instance, with Atlanta, let's go back just one series. With Atlanta, you needed to know where Freddie Freeman was. You needed to know when he was coming up. Acuna did not have a good series, but you needed to know where he was because he's that guy. That every time he walked into the batter's box, there was a chance he was going to change the score. He's that guy. Ozuna is one of those guys. You need to know where he is. Once you got through those three guys, you're like, okay, I, I got a little wiggle room here. I can, I, can get, I can go after these guys. Go back the round before that. Machado, Tatis, those guys are problems, right? They, they, whether Grisham or Pham or some of these other guys. Will Myers, you need to be a little careful with those guys. They've been around a long time in some cases, and they're just freakishly talented in others like Tatis and Machado. You need to be careful. What are we talking about with the Rays here exactly? You don't, you're you talking about Randy Rosarina, and I, I swear I'm not trying to throw shade at this guy. I'm really not. If Randy Orozarena got two hits in this series, I would not be surprised at all for two reasons. Number one, they're not going to pitch to him. Why would you? He's screaming hot. You saw what the Rays did last night with Corey Seager. They didn't give him a pitch. They walked him three times. It was the right thing to do. didn't work, but it was the right thing to do. With the Dodgers, they're not going to pitch to Rosarana, so he's not going to have a lot of pitches to hit. And number two... You don't stay hot like that for a super long time. If you if you get through a week that hot, you've had a great week. You typically don't have two weeks like that back-to-back. It doesn't happen very – unless you're Mike Trout or Mookie Betts or one of those guys, and I don't think that Randy Rosarena is one of those guys. No, and you eventually
1: return back to the mean, Mm -hmm. right? So, I mean, and he's also – he's still a rookie. I don't think we even think about that very often. Randy Rosarena is a rookie, Mm -hmm. and he's in the World Series. This is a huge stage where – and you're with a a whole team – who strikes out a ton and swings at really bad pitches. So now, as a rookie, you're starting to feel, okay, i got to do this myself. i got to be the one to put this team on my back. You're a young guy, just first time in this position. That's a tough spot to be in.
0: Yeah, it it goes one or two ways, it kind of feels like, right? The rookie who doesn't know any better, who's just up there lacing the ball all over the place, which is what he was doing in the ALCS, or now all of a sudden the expectations that come along with it, because look, everybody's saying, wow, Randy Rosarano, where, where, where did this guy come from? The Cardinals gave up on this. What? He's awesome. You know, He's the next big thing. So you go up into the batter's box thinking, okay, I need to play like the next big thing or this is a big joke. This is a big flame out. This is all of a sudden instead of being the next coming of the, the a great player like Fernando Tetis, you're that, oh, you, you remember Kevin Moss? You remember Ron Kittle? You're one of those guys that just had a good week or a good season. So we'll see how that shakes out. Here's another one. This is from Ryan in Laguna Beach. I'll take a platoon of Pollock, Kike, Taylor, and Jock over Rosarena. The depth will be the difference maker in this series. Think about that. Think, think about that right there. Pollock, an all-star. He's a platoon guy on this team. Jock Peterson, an all-star, is a platoon guy on this team. Kike Hernandez starts on every single team in Major League Baseball. Sometimes he does for the Dodgers. Sometimes he's a pinch-hitting guy, and he does it incredibly well. Chris Taylor was a guy that was, you know, this is the worst term in baseball. If you hear this about your guy, he was a 4A player, right? He was too good for AAA, but he wasn't good enough to stick in the majors. There is no 4A league. There's nothing to do. The Dodgers saw that and said, he's not a 4A guy. We'll take him. Chris Chris Taylor was uh, not a particularly productive player with the Seattle Mariners. He just wasn't. I saw him a ton playing against the Angels. like, he's all right. And now all of a sudden, Chris Taylor comes up to bat, you better be ready to go. Take all the best parts of Taylor, Peterson, Kike, Pollock, and put him in one guy. Of course it's a better player than Randy Rosarena. And, and it's going to help, too, when you have guys, these types of guys
1: behind you all the time. When you have Cody Bellinger behind you, protecting you at the sixth spot, or you have Jock Peterson, who is Jocktober and has a huge Octobers all the time, is protecting Chris Taylor last night. That's a huge difference than Randy Rosarina having Hunter Renfro being behind him, or you know Yandy Diaz having Brandon Lau, who can't get a hit to save his life
0: right now. Yeah, it's the, a totally different lineup. I'm glad you brought up Yandy Diaz, who leads off for the, the Rays, that... <laughs> Think about this. If you're Blake Snell and you you step onto that rubber tonight, take, take a deep breath, whew, look into the batter's box, damn, Mookie. Look onto the on-deck circle, really, Corey Seager? Now you're Tony Gonsolin. You get in the box, <sighs> Diaz, all right, let's go. You got the next guy, you got Lau next, all right, let's go or whoever they're going to run in there. Unless it's a Rosarena, you're like, yeah, let's go. My my best is better than your best. Let's let's party. (laughs) Let's make this happen. That's not the case if you're the Rays. And that's why there's so much pressure on Snell tonight. There's pressure on Gonsolin tonight for sure. I mean, it's the World Series. It's Game 2. There's pressure. But if Blake Snell doesn't take the bats out of the Dodgers' hands, this thing is all but officially over. Don't forget, we will be on right after the game we're going to do an hour post game show we got you covered for all that tonight make sure you check it out make sure you listen all day long and of course game two of the world series right here on 710 espn